to the Gosnells Live at Five podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm the founder here at Gosnells. I'm Will, I'm the head brewer here at Gosnells. I'm James, and I make the mead. This is our informal podcast, which we're spinning out from our Instagram live sessions. We do these every Friday live at five. And we'll be talking about honey, fermentation, and of course what we're here for, the mead. We'll also be joined from time to time by some very special guests to talk about booze more generally. If you haven't already, guys, hit that subscribe button to our podcast, whatever medium you're on. Uh, leave us a review. Follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Gosnells Mead. Perfect. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. How are we, guys? Got a little treat for you today. Uh, it's Friday, but it's not Tom. It's James. Hey. Hi, James. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's good you're to be here. You're up in the background, mate. Oh, you're kind well, of, uh, you're ruining, ruining the vibe we got here. I can tell I'm new here. <laughs> um, um, good yeah. to be here. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, uh, James is, uh, of course, one of the one of the guys in the brewery, if not the man in the brewery. Hector's not here, so he can't stand up for himself. Yeah, I'll say that I'm, uh, I'm the mead monkey. That's why they call me around here. So... Uh, yeah, Tom. Tom's having some some away time, which is uh, which is nice. Yeah, a little different today. Um, we're going to be going through our February tasting bundle. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about our small batch, and we're talking about some of the experiments we've been putting on, some of the things we've been doing around the brewery, and uh, doing a little more of a a brewery focused episode. That's great. I'm I'm really excited because this is all kind of showing off the best of the stuff that we've been making over the last few months, and the last tasting bundle was great as well, but. It's, just, it's always yeah, good to show off. Like the cool thing about it is being able to <clears throat> to grab different bits and go like, okay, cool. You know, like we don't have the bar anymore. We just had the bar, and that was a really good place to to do some of these smaller things and and get them out to people and go, what do you think? And have you know, that face to face. Yeah, have the feedback as well, and, yeah. and you know, like it's all good to say like we really enjoy what we make. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's always good to get that that feedback, especially on some of the more experimental things. But um, I just realised, James, that we yeah we don't have a drink. So we just get started? Let's get into it. So what's the first thing we're going to tackle in this February tasting bundle? Well, actually, James, I think we should, the water? Before, we, before we get into that, I think there's one other drink that we should have, and I think you're going to have to get up and get it. Oh, cool. I'm excited for this. So we've been playing around with you know, different sort of fermentation techniques and, and, and also different types of mead. Even some of the meads that we do, we've been you know, trying lately to, uh, to just make them a little bit different, see how it comes out. So, this is our hops, but what we did was run it bone dry and then just primed it with a little bit of sugar to get a little bit of carbonation. And uh, yeah, just to sort of see what happens when we run that dry and how tasty it is. So, let's see if there's any carbonation in this. James, well done. Huzzah. That hasn't been everywhere, so that's good news. <laughs> it's not overcarbonated. But, um, but yeah, how's your week been, James? It's been really good, actually. Um, combination looks good mate that's great it's been one of those weeks where you've had a little bit of time I mean a little bit of time just to catch up on all the kind of little projects and that we've kind of been meaning to do as brewers in the brewery which is good because usually it's pretty pretty round here in terms of like you know getting, getting everything out to customers and all that sort of stuff uh, it's nice to actually get back to like brewing you know, and, and working on some experiments which has been good so I would tell people about being brewers, you're like, oh, you know, you just play around, make stuff, you're like, actually, like, 80% of my job is, is cleaning, 10% mm-hmm. is brewing, and the other 10% is just, like, weird stuff around the brew house, whether it's maintenance or 
or fulfilling orders from the from the web store or whatever whatever we're doing is kind of we're a small team right so yeah there's like four of us here yeah. doing, doing everything you know like we may look like a big production like this doesn't come from nowhere um but but yeah this is uh we kind of do everything all right james tell me what's going on here so this is our hopped which we've let ferment completely dry so with our normal hopped in cans um we stop the fermentation uh, about, about sort of three quarters of the way through and that's where you have the sugar left over so that's why it's still quite sweet we pasteurize it and that fermentation we thought it'd be really fun to see what happened if we just let it go completely dry so obviously the ABV's bumped up because more sugar's been fermented. Um, and then to get just get to to get some carbonation back into it, we primed it with some sugar and left it for a couple of weeks. Yeah, so the carbonation is probably still, you know, because the other thing about bottle conditioning when you're at the end of fermentation as well is that that, that carbonation process is going to take a long time. That yeast has already, you know, done so much work that by the time it gets to here, it has to clean itself up. And then we let it settle and then we primed it, you know, like it's struggling a little bit. So it's been two weeks when usually we get one to two days when we're like, when it's raging three quarters of the way through fermentation. Um, and that carbonation will just build up super quick. And, you know, the scary thing is, is getting it to stop. Um, but yeah, guys, while, while we've got James on as well, if you've got any, any questions, any, you know, you know, how, how'd you, you know, how'd you get on the website? You know, things like that. Um, just chuck them up and uh, we'll endeavor to answer them. But uh, well, you've got James's expertise. Use Send him over. Um, yeah, so the carbonation usually takes one or two days with something a bit lower. This is you know two weeks, and we're still probably probably about halfway through the carbonation. And look, we got lots of big bubbles. We don't really have any sort of consistency in the bubbles. But how's it tasting, James? It's interesting to see what uh, is behind the sugar, you know. So kind of the other, comp- the other compounds that are sort of lying behind that. So there's nothing to hide behind in that sense. Um, but the hot characters. Really good on this. Yeah, that's I'm, great. I'm actually which, really which makes me surprised. feel. I mean, I'm pretty confident about our product anyway, but it just makes me just to reassure ourselves that there's a lot of good stuff behind it. So usually with our products, we leave quite a lot of sugar in them from fermentation. So it's nice to see what this is like when it goes bone dry, which is, I guess, what most meat is traditionally. Um, and then there's not kind of not as much to hide behind with that. I'm back, um, James. I'm back. Glad you got everything fixed. Yeah, that's it. I'm good to go now. So yeah, so saying that we leave quite a lot of sugar, um, and that that's for a couple of reasons. That creates mouthfeel, gives you a little bit of something for your yeah. compound to grab a hold of as well. You know, sugar isn't the devil when you're making things, but you know there is a limit. Yeah. Right? So yeah, that's not to say that um, that that's a bad thing at all because we're trying to bring forward the honey, which in the end is the main. Yeah, and a little bit of sweetness comes, comes, you know, is, is uh, what have you say, reminiscent of honey, right? Like, that's one of the main characteristics in honey is that, that, that sweetness that comes with it. And like we talk about it, that, you know, it's quite difficult to see what the honey product's going to be right at the end. But um, that's kind of the fun. And with this here, the hop character stuck, the aroma's there, you know, like, it's, it's good. So I, 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 I would rate it, James. I'd make this again. Yeah, this is one of the fun things about being a brewer is that you can just have these experiments going on in the background whilst you're doing all your main work and, you know, getting products out. Well, that's it, especially when you can just grab a, um, a Demijohn straight off the epi and go, all right, let that keep running and just see what yeah. we do. Like, it's one of the most simple things you can do. Um, 
It's just weird that we've never done it before. And so right now we're filming in the office, and it's always nice to come in here sometimes. And you've just got a full shelf full of uh, bubbling <laughs> yeah. demi johns bubbling yeah, away. Yeah, we've got our own little section as well, and right? You just, you just know that stuff's kind of working, you know, behind the scenes. And and considering we have bottles <laughs> everywhere that are in that process of like fermenting, cap pressurizing, we don't really get that many explosions. Like we had one today that started to. I came in this morning, and it's just bubbles just starting to come out of the top of the uh, uh, the bubbler, and I was like. I'm going to take that into the brewery because that's going to cover everything. And then <laughs> yeah. about an hour later, it's just foaming everywhere. bubbles everywhere. That, yeah, I'm really excited for that. That's the uh, that's going to be the next small, not the, not the next small batch, but the small batch afterwards. Okay, yeah. It's... In March, the March release. March? April, no, April release, sorry. That's April the April release. release. So We are on... working so far into the future. No, that's so... great. It gives me enough time to get something together. Well, that's it. So run us through, you know, kind of your ideas for that, I guess, like... Because, um, yeah, we, we're all sort of grabbing a different month and, uh, you know, we're sort of run through some of the, the small batch stuff that we did over the, um, you know, over last year. We did lots of like experimentation, some of the things that we always wanted to do. And we're still running through those now. But now it's sort of the time to start working on some of our own little projects and, and put them towards a small batch. So yours are getting released in March. What are you thinking? In April. April. Um, so, yeah, so the, I guess the whole idea of the small batch is to just try out different techniques, different yeasts, different honey, showcase those and get that sort of full picture of what mead can be. Um, for my project uh, in April, I've gone for the seasonal route. So I'm just trying to use seasonal things. Rhubarb and dandelion were the first two things that came up. So I'm we're, at the moment I'm experimenting with dandelion root, dandelion uh, tea, uh, sorry, dandelion leaf and uh, dandelion coffee which I've never heard of or worked with, but we'll see how it works in a brew. Yeah, like um, uh, my missus gave me that, and I actually quite like it just as a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like it is just, it's just interesting. Like it's it's coffee-like, but it's also got this earthiness to it. It's got it, a little it, bit of complexity. Is it caffeinated or is it like de- no, decaf? No, it's not, yeah, it's just more like a coffee alternative. Okay, cool. You know, kind of like chicory is and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm just trying different techniques using the rhubarb as well. Rhubarb can be notoriously hard to work with, but I'm just seeing what the best way is to get the most out of that rhubarb flavor. And it's just fine. It's just it's really nice to do this this far in advance. Yeah, that's it. So, so you don't know, press up against it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like you can start playing with ratios. You know, different ways of extracting as well, which is kind of cool. You know, there's there's a process. You know, like you know, do we let's take ginger for example? Do you use fresh ginger, dried ginger? You know, do I make a tea out of it? Do I alcohol extract it? Do I cold extract it? Oh, do I don't. blood temp extract it? Stop. You just give me too, too many ideas. <laughs> too many ideas. But, um, yeah, let's finish up on this, James. And let's get started What we're going to get this. into today, uh, we kind of went through some difficulties before, but we're all back up and we're running now. The internet works. We're going to go through our February tasting bundle. Um, and then uh, for you guys who had it at home and are tasting with us now, we're not going to do the four-pack with this. Um, we're, um, you can jump on. You can see we've done the four-pack so many times. We thought, you know what? We're just going to have a nice little chat, and then we're going to do the four meads that they're changing, which is the more premium meads. So uh, let's uh, let's get into it, James. What's the first one we're going to tackle then? So we are going to look at doing the Hackney, James. I think we're going to start from the furthest away and work our way back. That sounds great. I'm really excited. So the Hackney, James. Do you remember when we made this? You know what? I think... You might have made this just before I joined. Oh, really? Is or, or, or if we did brew this, because we brewed this two years ago, or coming up to two years ago, and I'd have just joined, I think. This was part of the Mead of the Month program we did. Let me just drop that again. Um, this, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun, fun little uh, live of five with you, James. Welcome to uh, 
We'll get for know, it. The, the, the print village internet crisis that we have. So what have we got here, James? We've got the, uh, we've got the Hackney. So this is part of our meet of the month uh, program that we did last year. Um, we took about 30 litres of that and we kept it off in a keg on the side and waited for the right time to, to bring this up. And the February tasting bundle was that. So without any further ado, it's made with uh, honey from the Hackney Marshes. So it's just honey done in uh, our, uh, with our house yeast here. Um, similar fermentation to all our other uh, meat of the months. Um, let's have a go, James. So straight away, because we've just had that there, there's just so much more going on in that. So this here is is a little bit funky. There's some there's some floral notes in there. There's definitely some um, some fruit underneath. Um, lots of pear. Lots of pear. Yeah. yeah, pear, apple. There's even a little bit, maybe maybe a little bit tropical now. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's definitely cleaned out. Cleaned up quite a lot since we since we brewed it. Um, it's for me, it's very kind of citrus, citrusy and pear like. Yeah, it's it's nine percent too. You know, so this is one of the higher the highest we've ever pushed our house yeast. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Usually we stay around the six seven percent, but uh, but this time we we decided to to really go for it. That is gorgeous. That's really good. Yes, yeah, it's it's, just, it's pears, it's lemon, a bit of fruit salad kind of as well. Yeah, it's, it's... And the alcohol's really... It's 9%, but it doesn't feel like... Yeah, no, it's that, warming, I but it's... I remember when we uh, first smooth. made it, it was a little bit more more intense on the alcohol, but this is so much more subdued. The sugar, the balance is quite nice as well. Like, it's... Yeah, this is all right. So we only brewed this on a 200-litre scale, and uh, we sold most of it in bottles, didn't we? But yeah. we, had, we had enough to... We had a keg of it, enough to do... Some cans, and um, now I'm just thinking, I wish we'd just done this all in cans. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's nice. I, I do prefer the bigger bottles. I do prefer that sort of... Uh, yeah, the premium side of it. It's yeah. more of a sharing and, and talking experience, but it's nice to be able to have the ability to, to then punch them out to, 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 to people at home to try that, uh, that more of our premium side of our, our mead making. It's a lot of... Um, lot of, It's very reminiscent of, like, of Perry's and Cider's. Yeah, it's got that, but um, with the booze behind it, and just uh, probably a little bit bigger body. Usually, when you punch up the ABV in, let's say a Perry, it's usually quite dry, and and it's been a lot of sort of sugar in that season to get the ABV up. Because a lot of those like premium makers also don't want to be adding sugar to their to their uh, to their um, Perrys or ciders, so they they keep that ABV mm. whatever that season's produced. It's just it's just amazing. It just goes to show how much honey can do. Oh man, it's incredible! All the color, all the subtlety, all the subtleties in the taste and aroma is amazing. Well, James, speaking of cider, what a segue! Let's move on to uh, the second one in this, which is a collaboration that we did with uh, Hawk Cidery up there in Bermondsey. Mm-hmm. Um, this is done with a 2018 Dabinet, so you know, like a, we were just talking about, it was a hot season that year. Tons of sugar. Some of the Dabinet even went up to eight nine percent. Um, and then we blended that with our hopped mead. Um, uh, we regulated it a little bit, uh, took it down to 5.5%, uh, put it into can, carbonated it, and uh, here we are. And um, we, we had a chat with Theo, didn't we? Not last week, the week before. Yeah, he's such a lovely man. Like Both uh, Theo and Max there at Hawks are just incredible cider makers. Really knowledgeable. Incredible cider makers. Really nice guys. Just, yeah, have all the time in the world for him, and I can't wait to have another chat and do another collab with him, but... Uh, before we get into that, let's get into this. Yeah. 
So the first thing is like I, I just get like compared to everything else, Apple is just so strong. Like That's we talked gorgeous, about the, yeah. the last one having some Apple in there. This is like Apple and honey together, like mm. The other thing that's quite different, especially when you start getting to the palette, is that tannin structure. And that drying that gets towards the end of the uh, the end of the palette. It's just um, and that all comes from the skins of the apples. It, yeah, it comes from the skins of the apple, and that's that's kind of where you get a little bit of that tannin structure, and that's reduced. I remember the dabinet on its own was quite intense and ta- and, and and tannic, with also quite a bit of. Um, uh, Oh God! Quite a bit of acid and and uh, quite a bit of funk on the nose as well. That West Country cider sort of feel to yeah. it as well. But mixed with our semi sweet mead, you get a little bit of the hop character come through on the nose. You get a little bit of sweetness in the body, but then you get these nice sort of complex sort of apple uh, characters that come out. And and this is one of my favourite of our collabs. It is very refreshing, and yeah, I, yeah, I have to agree as well. This is my favourite collab we've done so far. Oh, I love it. I could drink that all day. I know. Sunshine, book in hand. This is, yeah, this is kind of where I'd like to be, right? Oh, so guys. We need to do some more of these sizes for sure. Mm. 100%. So size, size is one of those crossover drinks um, as as kind of mead started falling out of favor in Europe and you had more sort of cider coming through and more wine production. It was just one of those kind of crossover drinks where people were just using whatever, any sugars that fermented. So, yeah, just scream through it because we love this so much. But on the nose is a little bit of the hop character underneath. There's a little bit of like custard apple in there too. Yeah. And then it's drying on the nose. I don't know it's sort of weird to say that there's like a drying quality on the nose, but... It, it just, I don't know, you can almost it's, smell that. You can always smell the acidity, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. But the best thing about this is that we, we do quite a few collabs, but it's really hard to get a nice uh, marrying of the collab with the honey. You know, we always struggle making, um, you know, like a, a braggart or, you know, which is half beer, half half meat, and going dry, and you lose all the honey character, and you lose all the... Uh, you know, all the essence of the mead as well. You know, and when we do these sorts of things, we want to be showcasing the best of both worlds. And, and this collab, I think we, we kind of hit the nail on the head, James. Yeah. I mean, I think honey is notoriously tricky to to blend with other um, sugar sources and alcohol. Well, that's it. Because the, the, the yeast really loves to chew through that first. Yeah. You know, it really likes Because it's such a simple and, form of sugar, isn't it? That's it. And um, when you've got things like in beer, we have maltose and maltodextrin and all these sort of things produced in that process that's kind of what's left over and that becomes a dominant, dominating sort of uh, character. Thank you. All right, ready for the next one? M&D, James. God, I might have to buy one of these February tasting ones. <laughs> Great. So, James, I know you love this one. Um, talk so, to me. So this is another one of our uh, Meet of the Month. This is from our Meet of the Month program that we did last year. Um, and this is like number number eight in the lineup. So every month we did a, a different mead made out of a different type of honey uh, that was either monofloral, so all the bees had gone to one specific plant to forage the nectar to make the honey, or it was single origin, so they they uh, forage within a, a three mile radius, I think, in yeah. one in one area around the in in the UK. Um, this particular one is heather. Now heather honey is 
kind of notorious in the in the mead world, I guess, because um, it's really it's really hard to extract for bees for beekeepers. It's it's really full of proteins and wax, and it's really thick and viscous. Um, and then the flavors that come through are really, you know, a massive blend of like savory and, and sweet. This, as you know, is a massive, um, oh, what's the, the sweet? Marzipan. Massive marzipan bomb. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's a lot. So yeah, I just put my nose into it and like. Before we get into this, do you remember brewing this? Yeah, look, it, it was the only time that I've ever gone home, and I know I've told this story a hundred times, it was the only time I've ever gone home from work, and my partner turned around, and she's like, you need to go and clean yourself, because you stink like honey. Everyone, like, from, everyone from the building came down that day, and they were like, what, what, are, what, you, are, what are you making? Oh, everything <laughs> smells of honey. It's so intense, it's musky, it's like boiled lollies and sweets and marzipan and grass and and bog myrtle and like it's just crazy it's like english countryside on a wet day mixed with that that you know two weeks of summer that we get here you know like it's and and when we receive that honey to brew with it comes in you know like 15 liter buckets um and as we're as we're pouring the water in and we're, we're getting a a nice little whirlpool in to get some nice mixing going on i'm opening these buckets i'm tipping them upside down and it's just coming down like <laughs> like treacle. Like treacle. It's even so more, slow. Even slow. It looked like it, it looked like fudge. Yeah. Like not yeah. even like dripping caramel. Yeah. It looked like fudge. Not liquid. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. It was it was a long brew day. It was. Um. So we decided yeah. to to do this in a two stage fermentation as well. So we did this with um, our house yeast up to about six percent, and then we pitched a red, red wine, wine yeast at yeah. the top just to push it up to that ten point five. Um, and then we just kind of uh, let it go until it couldn't go anymore, and it ended up at about ten point five percent with a decent amount of uh, sugar. So let's get into it. Yeah, and straight away it's just marzipan. So the funky. Uh, but behind that, there's a little bit. There's a little bit of kind of refreshing acidity there as well. There's, there's some boiled, like uh, <clears throat> I don't know, I said boiled lollies for like boiled sweets, but there's also like some some like uh, candied lemon peel sort of thing going on. Yeah, I was going to say there's um, a lot of um, I don't know how you'd say it, like um, you been to Turkey or have you travelled around that area at all? No, not. And you, or like there's uh, it's just some kinds of sweets that you get um, in that part of the world, which are kind of a mix of savoury and like sometimes you get like candied fennel seeds. Yeah, yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, that's quite popular like in India. Survive. Right, right? Toast as well, yeah. And like rose petal used in, in, in that sort of process. And that's what this reminds me of. It's obviously... Yeah, the, I can get the Turkish Delight, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's kind of cool. It's massively sweet, and uh, but you get this kind of like herbal thing with it as well. I mean, I've only just picked up on the fennel. Oh, and it goes to the palate, James. Big honey palate. Like, it's so complicated on the nose that you can be forgiven to think that it's not you know, a huge honey aroma on the nose. Gets to the palate, you're getting honey in the front of the palate. In the middle there, you're getting all these, like, spices and, and you know, all these herbal character, a little bit of florality going on. And then it sort of starts to pan out, and then it's a little bit musky, and it's starting to get, like, a little complicated at the back. And you're getting this tannin structure. You're getting this, like, um, herbaceous sort of green feeling in the mouth and i always attribute uh, colors to, to flavors but uh it's quite yeah. it's quite bitter as well isn't it yeah it's got this bitter note to it but the sweets this bitter sweet and i i just i love this and and when you buy the 750 ml bottles like we've sort of decanted those into these but uh, in the 750 ml bottles down the bottom is this uh 
you know, waxy, almost like a protein-based sort of like floating middle at the bottom of the bottle that, you know, on the right day, the right temperature kind of looks like rolling hills of of, uh, protein, (laughs) which is kind of cool. Well, it used to be, um, headhunter used to be uh, be, um, considered a food stuff um, because it was just, it was so full of like wax and fats and proteins and like other sort of natural organic compounds from the hives. Um, the, I think it was the Pixie. I don't. Know, I, yeah, I think it was the Pixie used to eat that as a, as like, a stuff, a high calorie honey. Man, so, and you uh, can sugar see it. Sauce, like yeah. it's, it's like no other honey that we've ever worked with. You know, like like you say, it's like it's like spoon, like spooning it. It's like fudge. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Yeah, there's no like dripping off the bottom. It's just it's it's yeah. like picking up a spoonful of butter. Yeah, but uh, last one, James. The botchet is it pronounced botchet? I believe it's um bucket. Bucket. Um, Boucher. Yeah, it's the Boucher. Boucher. Um, Before we get there, I'm just going to get a rinse out on this, James, just because that last one is very, very intense. Um, And I just want to clean it up and get that palate going. So let's move into it. And straight away you can see that colour, James. What gives it the colour? So uh, Boucher or Boucher. How you want to say it is a mead um, where a portion of the honey used to brew it is caramelized, um, and obviously in that caramelization process, you, you're you're essentially cooking and burning the honey, so you get some decolorization, so it sort of goes dark, and then you mix that back in with the rest of your honey bill, and you get this gorgeous kind of uh, yeah, this kind of brown this. this yeah, because some some people make sherry boucher's where they do a hundred percent of their honey and they caramelize it. And, yeah, and some I people do it twenty percent, like but traditionally we've done it where it's a little bit little bit more towards the fifty fifty side, yeah, and yeah. that's worked really well. And you get some of those kind of roasted and like coffee and a bit more sort of bitter flavors. Yeah, and then through. and then we uh, we barrel ferment with our boucher's as well. Like we do a lot of barrel fermenting here, but uh, not with everything. But uh, the boucher really lends itself to that micro-oxidization. Um, we use, we quite like 71B as a, as a standard yeast. Like that's a very yeah. uh, popular mead yeast and for a reason. Like it works across things, but I think it really works well here. Um, you know, in that caramelization process, you're also making some uh, more unfermentable sugars more fermentable. And you're also making some of the simple sugars unfermentable. So you're getting this uh, nice little... Uh, changeover of, of the sugars, which allows you to have a little bit more residual sweetness mm-hmm. and a little bit more perception of, of sweetness as well with that caramelization. When you put your nose into it, you smell caramel and you smell, um, you know, coffee. It, it, it just has this, um, uh, and there's a little bit of fudge in there as well for me, but it just has the perception of sweetness as well that goes with it. Um, this one we barrel aged for about eight, nine months, I think. Yeah. Um, it's 13% alcohol. Let's get into the nose, James. Gotta say before I do that, oh, this man, is this. This, this is this is the funnest brew day ever oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. This basically what this involves is me putting about fifty kilos of honey into a, a kettle, taking it outside, putting it on top of an open fire barbecue, and then just burning and then and then just cooking honey basically. Taking, which is, taking little samples every five minutes and just watching that caramelization happen yes. over, over an hour period, which is it's really cool, and then dialing in that process of going okay, how much caramel do we want to go? We don't want to burn the caramel or we don't want to burn the honey, sorry, and we don't want to under-caramelize it either. So there's quite an art form in, in you know deciding when that honey is ready to be taken off and, and, and ready to go into that brew. But um, 
as you know as well with that 50 kilos, like when you caramelize something, that expands something shocking. So if you're not watching it and you raise your heat too much, next thing you've just got this rush of, of uh, boiling honey coming out of the pot, which... Uh, which we know too well. Yeah. yeah, we know too well. So now we use quite a big, tall pot and just don't allow that process to get too high. But uh, there's no way of stopping it once it gets going. And these bouchers have just gotten better and better every time we yeah, do them. Yeah, that's it. This is so probably what, the fourth or fifth iteration we've done. Yeah, that's right. And every one that we do is better than the last. So, I mean, anyone who's trying this now, you'll, some, some of the things that might come to your mind when you're drinking this is, so, is sherry. Yeah. And um, is it Madeira? Sweet Madeira? No. Yeah. It's got these syrup, like, and that's the, you know, port as well, it's... fortified wine. Anything that's barrel aged is going to have a similar sort of profile. Yeah. And just so it's that mixing of oxygen with some of the compounds that create these sort of like nutty and, 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 uh, you know, some of these, uh, some of these aromas that come out of that are just from that process. Yeah. So what are we getting on the nose, James? Well, nutty is a really good, really good word, actually. That's, um, yeah, it's almost like toasted almonds, right? Toasted almond character. A little bit of spice. There are there, there isn't. We don't use any spice in the brew, yeah, this but is just, it's just, just honey, and it's just another representation, another technique to work with the honey, and just to get a different profile out as well. Yeah, a little bit of a sort of roasted, toasted flavour, I guess. Going back to what you're saying with the nuts, um, but maybe a little bit more in the kind of going towards the coffee side, like a very sort of cold extract kind of coffee. But there, here's the palate. You got to remember, this is thirteen percent. I know we had a little bit of drink, but slowly worked their way up in the percentage wise, but. The alcohol is so subtle, you know, it's had time to calm down in the barrel. It hits your palate and it's like sweet at the front, but then it's quite quite acid driven. And then you get all the nice sort of at the back, all the nice caramel notes seem to come out and, and, and really give some complexity to this. And yeah. then all that barrel work just comes into play as it's well. It's not just sugar and thyme. It's um there's a lot of, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of acid profile there and it's not, there's not actually a lot of sugar, residual sugar left in this. It's just the perception is there, a bit like a, a bit like a sherry. It's kind of driven. It's quite refreshing. So James, out of out of out of the four, or out of the eight, hundred percent Boucher. Boucher, yeah. I mean, I love all of them. Um, depends what you want it for, though. I think, I think, yeah, I think like, we did this in exactly so the right order. So let's do two. Let's let's do uh, at home. Uh, it's November. It's raining. It's cold, and then it's. The fifth of August. You've got a long weekend. What day is the fifth of August? Well, let, let's say it doesn't matter. Okay. Let's say let, okay. Let's say it's a Monday. It's a Monday, but okay. it's the first day of your two weeks of summer holidays. Um, I'm I'm sitting down in a big armchair in front of an open fire. November, I'm guessing not. Uh... No, this is November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With a boucher, um, and some kind of dog. To my side, to somebody, to somebody's dog. To somebody, to somebody's dog. I'm, I'm, I'm dog sitting for a while. So, so the boucher for that, boucher for that. Summer experience. Sizer, I'm gonna have to go for you the sizer. Size See, I thought I'm with you. Like, if I think of open fireplace, it's a, it's probably, it's a real toss up between the heather and the boucher. But I'm probably gonna go for the boucher. I think I'm just so in love with that style and, and how tight we've got that. But then, if it's me, first day of my holidays, summer, I'm actually gonna go for the hackney. Yeah. I quite, you know, a little bit higher ABV, sugar levels right. The size of, yeah, like deck chair, once I'm settled in, but like just to go like, yeah, I'm on holiday, Hackney. So this week we've got a few questions in about our, uh, our small batch program, especially about the uh, plantain and blueberry they're working on, James. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, let's get into that for five minutes. Um, so 
for that we did, we used a, a blossom base. Um, well, I think what we wanted to create what, what we wanted to create was a little bit more, more of that American style kind of flavored mead um, using natural ingredients. Um, so we have these two these two bourbon barrels that we use for a lot of the small batch projects. Um, so we brewed a blossom base into that up to about five five percent six percent, and then we actually had a really fun day earlier this week where we bought loads of plantain and we cooked them and mashed them up and, car- and uh, caramelized them with a, blow- with a blowtorch, um, torched them. And we put that into the barrel. So we're just letting those flavors blend before adding some blueberries and back sweetening with some maple syrup. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting with this because um, we wanted to do, yeah, like I said, an American style. We also want to do it a little bit more closer to home, right? So we did it at an ABV that we, we really like, which is around about that sort of 5.5%. Um, we want to use, you know, the plantain to create like a little bit of mouthfeel. Like we've done a, like you're having a boucher there. We've done a banana boucher. Yep. And I just love how that, that, that potassium-driven banana, the same as mango has this like creamy, full, textured mouthfeel that it applies. You don't get a lot of that aroma on the nose, but you get ton of it, tons of it on the palate. Mm. Um, and that's kind of... You know the plantain side of it, and then we're using a little bit of blueberry and maple syrup just to give it a little bit of like, you know, that American sweet oomph. You know, like people talk about us in in the UK and go like, oh, you know, mead's quite sweet. Wait till you try some of those sweet meads in the US, like these sort of like thirteen, fourteen percent, beautiful big body, tons of honey, tons of fruit. You know, like we we just don't have. Um, that sort of in our arsenal or not in our arsenal, like in our, in our range, like we just don't have a, um, you know, we, we're not big fans of that style. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like I like it, but it's, it's super rare that I'll be like chasing it or wanting to get it. But you know, a semi-sweet or even a dry mead like that, that, that runs really, you know, really deep in my veins. Well, I think what, I think what we, what we've proven with, with the te- with both tasting bundles, the bees knees and the February tasting bundles that we can sort of do the full range of them where we have, dry styles and we have sweeter styles and you're right I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the really sort of liqueur kind of thick heavy sugar side of it either um but i think what we're trying to get is that kind of that, that, that there's a balance right there's a balance yeah there's there. a perception of sweetness too like we play around with different levels of sweetness from you know one point like a, a really low gravity point and and like you know 1.002 i might as well say it, all the way up to like 1.01 zero so that uh, 10 10 or uh, 10 02 you know there's not much difference in in the perception of sweetness but there's also um quite a difference in the amount of sugar so you're going from like you know one to two grams a liter all the way up to 20 grams a liter and you're not really noticing that mm. and um i think it was the guys at moonshine meadery that that really showed me if you really work tight at a low recipe with a little bit of back sweetening you can really bump up the perception of sweetness without, um, you know, without sugar, overdoing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they were so good at that. And like, yeah, everything they had was the same sweetness across it and they really dialed in that process. And I do like the variability of sweetness. But um, it just, it, it, I had it and I was like, this, this tastes really balanced, balanced with the acid, balanced with the honey. And then when he's like, yeah, we only back sweeten two points from bone dry. And I was like, I... I would have guessed this was 10, 10, 10, 12. Yeah. I think it's the same story with this. Um, you, you might think there's a, a ton of sugar in, in this boche, and there isn't. It's 
speaking in Brewers in Brewers terms again, the, the specific gravity of this came out at something like um, one point zero twelve, something like that, around yeah, there. Yeah. So not you know only when a you're li- talking thirteen percent alcohol and 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 you know three point four pH. Well, that's that's only a tad bit more sugar than you find in normal beers. Yeah. Or like normal sort of craft beers or whatever, um, but but it's the it's the it's the whole thing of like um, if you have a teaspoon of uh, teaspoon of uh, lemon juice and a teaspoon of sugar, and you can have the same amount of sugar in there, but if you have more lemon juice, the the perception is different of whether it's acidic or sweet. And same thing with this, because you have all these acids being produced during fermentation. Yeah, because not a lot of people know that that alcohol itself is an acid. Yeah, right, and um, that you have you have this quite heavy acidic base and just a little bit of sugar to kind of balance it out and the perception of sweetness wow. is as if you know there's a lot of sugar in there and this is it and this is your techniques as a uh, a mead brewer right is to be able to use those two things to uh you know to regulate that 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 sweetness or to balance out a drink or or to you know give it uh, another tone you know like you you look at the you know, a sour beer per se, and it's it's not necessarily about uh, how much residual sugar or how much um, alcohol's in there. It's it's all about producing more acid. Your pH stays about the same, but your titratable acidity is 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 a lot is a lot more skewed towards you know uh, the lactic acid, mm-hmm. and that just gives you that that because it's that perceived puckering. as body and like um yeah. And that's the other thing, you know, like you know certain things give give them characteristics, you know. So with that there, with a the higher alcohol. And a higher acid profile, you know, you're getting, you know, you use the wood to give you that tannin structure, to give you that that, that round mouthfeel, but you're also sort of using the residual sugar as as a as a driving force as well for all those for the, all those fun compounds that are in there as well. Yeah. But James, uh, we've really struggled through today, but uh, I thought we'd at least finish up and and continue what we were talking about because, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's annoying, but uh, we'll just be back at it again next week and we'll deal with the uh, the problems as they go. So, guys, yeah, I thought we'd jump back on and apologize for another another week of uh, internet problems, but we are sorting it out. Yeah. Let's um, do it. Also, James, think- thanks for being on, and you're going to be on more often, so get used to it. Great. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that, so hit the subscribe and like button. And follow us on all our social media, and we'll see you again next week. If you've got any questions or thoughts or just want to chat about mead and honey, then drop us an email to podcast at goslands.co.uk. Or better still, jump on our Instagram live at fives. Ask us uh, any questions that you have and watch us scramble to try to find the answer and uh, look like we know what we're talking about. Or if you want to see what I look like, you can head on over to the website at www.goslands.co.uk.